Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program the Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex. And my friends, it's certainly a joy to have you listening today, and we're always happy to know that you're there listening as we study the Word of God together. And I invite you to, to uh, uh, continue with us now for the next half hour as we look at a, at a topic in God's Word that's uh, one of, of great interest to many people. I want to talk about and ask the question, should we really go to church on Sunday? Uh, Sabbath observance and Sunday worship is a, is a point of contention among many folks. Uh, you know, most preachers, and I, I'll have to say to you right off the bat that uh, we're going to say some things here today on the study as we look into God's Word that uh, perhaps aren't going to satisfy Sabbath worshipers or Sunday attenders. <laughs> but uh, there's some things you need to understand about, about why it is we go to church on Sunday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and not just on Saturday, uh, the so-called um, uh, Christian Sabbath of Sunday. You know, mo- many preachers, frankly, are, are, are willing to take any verses out of the Bible they can get to get you and encourage you to go to church. They want you to go to the meetings. They want you to come to the meetings. They want you to be a part of what they're doing. And they'll use verses. Uh, they'll use verses like Hebrews 10 about a, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, that kind of thing. And they'll use verses like the, uh, by the way, did you ever read the verse right after that in your Bible? Uh, if, if your preacher is fond of quoting Hebrews 10, 25, uh, you know, forsaking not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is, you probably ought to go just give him a shock and ask him to explain verse 26 to you. <laughs> uh, you just try that sometime and, uh, and see what he says. Uh, I know a fellow that did that and got kicked out of a church because he was fool enough to believe that, well, if the preacher quoted verse 25, then the next verse was good to read, too. And went home that afternoon, read that verse, found out he could lose, thought, you know, thought it came to the conclusion he could lose his salvation, went back and asked the preacher that night, and they ran him out of the church. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, 
that, that's the way preachers are, because preachers have an agenda. They want you to get get you to do some things they want you to do, go to church when, you know, so they want to get you together. So there, there, a lot of times preachers, and I can say that about preachers because I'm a preacher. I've been preaching over 30 years. I, I know my crowd. I know my associates and my company. And sometimes we're willing just to take verses, uh, you know, that'll do anything, that, that, that make you feel like you ought to do what we want you to do. And Sabbath observance is that way, um, you know, Jesus, um, not Jesus, Jehovah, um, who was the Lord Jesus Christ before his incarnation, of course. But in, in Exodus chapter 20, when uh, Jehovah gave the Ten Commandments to the nation Israel, the, uh, the commandment he gave them with regard to the Sabbath is very uh, clear. Verse number 8 of Exodus 20, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Now, on the seventh day, you're to rest. And that's very clear. And so people say, well, see, the Bible's very clear that we ought to keep the Sabbath day. And yet, when you come over to Colossians chapter number 2, and this is something you need to recognize in your Bible without, you know, flinching, flinching Colossians 2.16 Paul says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink in respect of the new, of holy days or the new moon or the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come at the bodies of Christ. Moses tells Israel, You have to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Paul says, It don't make any difference if you do or not. Don't let anybody judge you or stand in, uh, in judgment of you if you do or if you don't. One passage is real important. The other passage is not important at all. Now, how do you explain that? I had a lady call me one time after listening to a radio program, and, and she called me up, and she says, Preacher, you're a devil. <laughs> and, uh, well, I've been called a devil for a lot of reasons, so I asked why, and she says, Because you teach people not to keep the Sabbath, and that's a mark of the beast. And she went on and, uh, you know, to give me the devil for not keeping the Sabbath. And I asked her about that verse right there. Let no man judge you. I said, I'm just doing what Paul says, and meet and drink, respect the new moon, holy day, or the Sabbath days. And you know what I got in response to that? Click, click. She hung up on me. <laughs> and uh, the reason is she didn't, didn't I, I suppose, is she didn't know how to explain the contradiction. You know, you get you got a verse that you like, and then another verse comes alongside of it and contradicts you, and you don't like it, and you say, whoa. Now, that's why we talk about and, and explain to you constantly the necessity of rightly dividing the word of truth, making the distinctions in God's word that God makes in his word. If you honor the distinctions and the differences in the programs that God has, then you don't have a contradiction. You see that there are really two different separate programs here. They're two separate dispensations. They're two separate agencies. They're two separate uh, revelations. They're two separate programs. Uh, that one is the program of the law. One is the program of grace. Uh, they're, they're, they're two separate agencies. One is the nation Israel, and one is the church, the body of Christ. Uh, there's two methods of revelation. One is the, the, the issue of prophecy, that which is spoken since the world began. The other is the issue of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And you need to avoid confusion. Uh, and the only way to avoid confusion about something, where one passage tells you to keep the Sabbath day, the Saturday, and by the way, the Sabbath is Saturday, never has been Sunday, never will be Sunday. Nobody ever changed the Sabbath. It's always been Saturday. It always will be Saturday. That is in the, in the, in the Bible. 
Now, to avoid confusion between passages that tell you to keep the Sabbath day and to remember it, and that you're going to be judged of God if you don't, and passages that say it doesn't make any difference if you keep it or not, it's no big thing one way or the other to God. The only way to avoid confusion there is to keep the verses in the right places and don't claim, you know, don't be so so self-centered and full of your own self as to claim an earthly promise that God never gave you and then to get discouraged and quit because you didn't get something God didn't promise you to start with. Now this thing about the Sabbath days, you need to understand it. So let, let's talk about what, what the Sabbath is in the Bible. Um, the, uh, uh, the passage in Exodus chapter 31 that we need to start with, where God speaks through Moses to Israel, Exodus 31 verse 12, uh, and, and this passage you need to listen to carefully. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I'm in Exodus chapter 31, verse number 13. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel. Now notice who he's talking to. He's talking to the children of Israel. That's what the Bible says. Now you can spiritualize that and make that you, me, or anybody else. You know, you can make it whoever you want to try to make it, but it won't ever be anybody but the children of Israel. Now, that's the, you see, when you come to a place like this, sometimes you read over a statement like that. It's non-consequential. But uh, you do that to your own peril. Right here we find out whether or not you're going to be a Bible believer or you're going to be a spiritualizer. And Pastor O'Hare used to say that people tell, they, they spiritualize the Scripture and wind up telling spiritual lies because they don't have spiritual eyes. And that's a dying truth. It says he spake to the children of Israel. Tell you what, let's do. Let's just believe that God said what he meant and meant what he said and not try to change it right now, okay? Speak thou unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths, notice it's plural here, ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Now, who does God say, that? It, what does he say it is? He says it's a sign. That is, it is a ceremonial identifying marker between Jehovah and who? The children of Israel. Verse 14, you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any servile in any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among the people. Do you see how serious Sabbath observance is? Hey, you check the boat out and go to the lake on Sunday, and uh, there's no judgment of God coming in. You know, and like I said, I know preachers declare the judgment's coming on you, but it doesn't, does it? Are you thinking God's going to get you because you didn't go to church on Sunday morning? Well, this Sabbath day is a Sabbath day that when you don't observe it, you're worthy of, and people in Scripture received, death. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. This is serious business for the nation Israel. And that Saturday of rest was to be kept sacrosanct. Verse 17, it is a sign between me and and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Notice that it's a sign. 
It's the seventh day. It's a sign between God and Israel. And it has to do with something that he did in creation when he created the heaven and the earth. Six days God created the heaven and the earth. Have you ever wondered why God did it in six days? If he could, if he could step out on the, on the precipice of nothing and speak a universe into existence, couldn't he have done it just in the moment of, 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 of a second of saying the words? Certainly he could. If he, if he took six days, couldn't he have taken six billion days? Well, sure he could have. There's a great argument that goes on in, in uh, Christendom between uh, the young earth and the old earth and process creation and, and creation science, they call it, creationism, and so forth. And, and you know, the question nobody ever asks that, that I've always asked is, why six days? What in the world caused God to, to do it in six days? Now, if you make the days epics of, ye, of, uh, of eons, you, you can't do that in the Bible, but there are people that do that, you know, the, the process kind of creation thing. And they say, look at creation, and it obviously took all this long period time to do it and so it has to be uh, you know and you can match these these processes with uh, uh, Genesis chapter 1 and and then the the Bible people they say well no Genesis 1 says days morning evening is 24 hour days it had to be done that but nobody asked why six days you know that, that there's, there's some real interesting and fascinating doctrinal reasons why he chose six days now what I mean folks he did it in six 24 hour days we know that when we read the text and people say, well, but then what about when, we, when you look at it, it looks like it took these millions and billions of years to do it, the process. Well, you see, he created it with a pro- He created it in the six days through a process of creation. And when you look at it, you look at it and say, you know, for me to have done that, it would take an all this long period of time. That's where the long period of time comes, because if you did it, it would have taken that. But it didn't take God that. But he did do it in a process. And sometimes the, the six-day creation people forget that there's this process that's important. God was educating and teaching some things in the way he created in Genesis chapter 1, the heaven and the earth in those six days. something fascinating about that. Now, we don't have time to get into all that today, but I, I just throw that out at you so that you understand there's more than just the argument about was it six 24-hour days or six eons and epics and processes. There's, there, there's something God wants you to see in what he's doing here. And on the seventh day, so the heavens and the earth were finished, Genesis 2 says, and all the hosts of them, and on the seventh day God ended his work that he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. In other words, God took the seventh day, one, he blessed it, he spake well of it. He said some things about the seventh day that were very, very special. This is a special day for me, and he sanctified it. The word sanctified means to to have to set something apart for the purpose for which he created it. God had created the seventh day for a very special purpose. He blessed that day. He spoke well of that day. He said some things about it to them, to to uh, uh, to Adam and so forth. About about that day that were very important, very special, and then he, he rested, he sanctified it, he set it apart for a very special purpose. Now, that purpose for which he set it apart obviously was interrupted. It was interrupted by the fall of man into sin. 
But in Psalm 132, and we just, you know, boy, we could spend hours studying this, but look at Psalm 132, and you'll see that although God's original purpose in creation was interrupted, it will be restored. It's going to be reclaimed. His purpose in creation and his purpose in, in the sixth, the, the Sabbath day is going to be reclaimed through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Psalm 132, in fact, if you get two passages, you can get Psalm 132 in one hand and Revelation chapter number 21 in the other hand. And, and we'll see in these two passages the, uh, the purpose of God in, 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 in the ultimate uh, fulfillment. In Psalm 132, you have a psalm of David, and it's a psalm about David. Lord, remember David and all his his afflictions. Now remember, in that original Sabbath day, God rested and was refreshed. He didn't rest because he was tired. He didn't rest because he couldn't go on. He was weary. He rested because the work was done. He had accomplished the purpose for which he had made creation, and on that seventh day, he sat there and enjoyed the purpose for which he had created everything. What was that purpose? Psalm 132 tells you when he talks about David. David wanted to build a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. And God told him, no, you're not going to build it, but I'm going to build it. And Psalm 132, verse 8, the psalmist says, Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. Notice the psalm is going to talk about God going into his rest. Genesis chapter 2 talked about the Lord resting. Well, what is the rest that God is going to enter into? Verse 13, For the Lord hath chosen Zion, he hath desired it for his, notice, his habitation. It is my rest. This is my rest forever. Here, he says, talking about Zion, talking about the land of Palestine, talking about the place that, that we now know as the city of Jerusalem. This is my rest forever, the Lord says. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. You go way back to Genesis chapter number 2, and you see that God had a purpose in creating the earth. His purpose was to dwell on the earth, to dwell in the earth with man, to be Emmanuel, to be God with us. And that is, Psalm 132 says, his rest, the place where he determined to put his throne and to put his place and to rest and to have the, the summation of all of his labors focused there and the glory of all his intent focused there. That's why in Revelation chapter 21. The first uh, six verses there, John, in the, in the consummation in the new heaven and new earth, he sees the new Jerusalem come down out of heaven to God, from God to the earth. And, and God, the, he, he says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they should be his people, and he himself should be with them and be their God. God's going to come and dwell with men. That's the ultimate intention that God had in the creation. And that's the reason that he, that he sanctified that seventh day and made it holy. And that's why in, ne in Nehemiah, chapter number 9, when you read about the, the, uh, uh, the recount that, Moses, that, that Nehemiah gives of the founding of the nation Israel, that's why it is in Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 13, that we're told that God came down upon Mount Sinai and spake to Israel, and that he made known unto Israel thy holy Sabbath and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant. You understand from Genesis chapter number 2 all the way to the time God instituted the Sabbath through the hand of Moses to the nation 
nation Israel, nobody kept the Sabbath. There was no Sabbath observance, and nobody knew anything about the Sabbath. And the reason they didn't, and the reason they didn't keep it, is because God hadn't made it known, and He kept it secret. He kept it just hit. He just kept it on the side, on the table there. He had told them about it. He told them about doing it originally in Genesis two. Moses wrote all that down, but he, they they knew about that. But God didn't institute Sabbath observance until God formed the nation Israel, brought them out of Egypt, and had this earthly vehicle to repossess the planet in place. And now, with the nation Israel and her purpose to go out and repossess planet Earth, her purpose to uh, being to go out and be God's kingdom people, now they had this weekly reminder that was given to them. And they were to remember the Sabbath day. They were to remember every week, every Saturday, they were to be reminded of God's purpose in creating the nation Israel. They were his kingdom people in the earth. They were his people to go out and reclaim the earth and repossess the earth, dispossess the enemy, and possess the earth and to be the vehicle through whom God would enter into his rest in the earth and he would reign on the planet. And they were to remember that each week. They were to be reminded of God's purpose in the earth and his purpose in forming them. And they were to live in the identity that God gave to them. They were to be able to live in the identity that God had had given to the nation Israel as they had an intelligent understanding of who they were in the program and purpose of God, who they were in God's plan, why he had created them, why he had made them, and they were to live in that. And as they lived in that, as they observed that Sabbath day, and they kept that Sabbath day observance, they were remembering and reminding and memorializing and commemorating who it was God had created them. Now, when you realize that, now you can understand why it is that there's no purpose for Sabbath day observance in the dispensation of grace. There is no purpose today for observing the seventh day Sabbath to, to commemorate God's purpose in creation uh, of the earth and the nation Israel to, to be his uh, um, agency in the earth, because today God has set the nation Israel aside. Today is through the fall of Israel that salvation goes to the Gentiles. Today, through the casting away of Israel, is the reconciling of the world and the world of, of mankind the nations of the earth today are being saved not through the instrumentality of Israel God's purpose today is not to reclaim the planet and the political structures and the economic structures of the earth back under his authority through the instrumentality of the nation Israel rather God has set Israel aside and today is forming the church the body of Christ this is the, the age of the church, the body of Christ, the dispensation of grace, that other purpose, that other program. And we are, while well, we're a heavenly people, God's purpose with us, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We're told to set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And you and I today are being called out. He's calling out a people for his name, a new agency of people that he's going to use in the heavenly places. And we're not his earthly people in the sense that Israel was, that kingdom nation to restore his authority in the planet earth, we're that other part. We're that pe those people who are going to be uh, used to restore the government of Christ in the heavenly places themselves. Therefore, there's no reason, there's no need, there's no purpose for us to have a memorial to the, to the purpose of the nation Israel. And so, the resting place today has changed. You see, God has changed the place of rest today from a day to a person. You get that? The Sabbath day has never been changed. The purpose of the Sabbath day has never been, been altered. Uh, God hasn't changed the, 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 the Sabbath. What he's changed is the resting place. 
We no longer rest. We're not called to rest in a day and commemorate and remind ourselves of God's purpose in that day. But we are called to rest in a person, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we we cease from our works, our labors, our efforts, and we rest in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the finished work of Christ at Calvary. That's why Colossians 2 verse 17 goes on to say, uh, he says, Let no man, verse 16, judge your meat, drink, and respect the holy days, new moon, Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. You see, our the substance for us, our life, is in Christ. That's why it says, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead, and your life is hid with God in Christ. That's why the Sabbath isn't an issue today, is because our resting place is in, a, is in the Son, is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, not in the place, not in His purpose in the earth, but in His purpose in Christ as He forms the, disp- the, the body of Christ in the dispensation of Christ. I hope today you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you know for sure that you have eternal life as a present possession and that He's yours and you're His. And if you don't, then you need to trust him right now. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Quit trying to work your way into something and just trust what God's done in his Son for you. That is your place of rest. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape to go along with this today. Uh, The Bible study tape will help you to, to understand who changed the Sabbath and why. That's the title of the tape, Who Changed the Sabbath? Listen carefully now as Alex comes to tell you how you can receive your free copy. And before he does, let me say again, thanks for listening. And until next time, Maranatha. Thank you, Brother Jordan. My friend, we'll be happy to see that you receive your free copy of this important Bible study tape if you simply call us at our toll-free number, 1-888-535-2300. That's one 888 Five three five twenty three hundred, or you can write us at the Riches of Grace, Post Office Box ninety seven, Bloomingdale, Illinois six zero one zero eight. We also want you to know that Grace School of the Bible has a uniquely designed three year Bible Institute program available to our listeners on an extension basis through the use of videotapes. We call the program Bible Edification by Extension through the use of video. Our school is unique in two important ways. First, we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer. Rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies followed by other Bible institutes and Bible colleges, we have followed the clearly outlined pattern for edification found in Paul's epistles. This allows our students to grow to maturity and thus be prepared for whatever ministry they feel the Lord has for them quickly and successfully. A second uniqueness of Grace School of the Bible is that it is offered on an extension basis through the use of video. Bible edification by extension brings quality instruction into the comfort and convenience of your home and personal scheduling demands. If you are or have ever desired to be a serious student of the Bible, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 1-888-535-2300. 
You can also visit us at our worldwide website at www.graceimpact.org. We're glad you've joined us today and trust you've been challenged and blessed by today's study. Please tell your friends about the broadcast, will you, and get them listening in with you. And remember, that free Bible study tape awaits you if you simply call us at 1-888-535-2300. And friend, if you still are not sure of salvation, that your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that will make the way plain. That address again is The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. Thanks for listening, and God's best to you in every way until we meet again this same time and place next week. I'd rather have Jesus than men's eyes.